Hello and welcome to Where Creatives Connect. My name is Jamie Sharp and this is the podcast that brings you the behind the scenes of creatives, whether they be YouTubers, photographers, dancers, musicians, poets, you name it. I'll have them on here and I'll do my best as a new interviewer to try and dig behind the scenes and bring you the golden goodies that you want to hear at home. Today, I'm really excited because this person is a fantastic YouTuber with over 820 no, with exactly, actually, I've written it down, 828,988 views on their channel as of this morning. A photographer, a videographer, a previous podcast host and a new podcast host and a good friend. Scott Edwards, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me on. That's all right. Did you like the intro? I loved it. I've worked hard on that. You've done your research. This first question is for the people at home who haven't met you yet. Yeah. Imagine you are in uh, a coffee shop, any brand will do, and you're, you've got a chatty Cathy coming up to you, wanting to chat yeah. about the world, and they want to know what you do for a living. What do you, what do you normally say? Uh, I think first and foremost, I'd probably say a photographer, videographer. Um, and then depending who I'm talking to, whether it's someone that is knowledgeable, but knowledgeable, that's a hard word to say. Isn't it? <laughs> it's no, okay. It's early. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get into it. Knowledgeable about that sort of industry. I might mm. say filmmaker uh, or potentially YouTuber, but that's got a bit of um, what's the word? A connotation. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, do you find that if you're working on a job, say you're carrying a load of gear, maybe you're at a cricket match shooting it or a wedding or, or somewhere, do you cater that answer depending on who, what you're seen with? I tend to find that if, if I say YouTube, obviously I'm not a full-time YouTuber. Mm. It is a big part of what I do. But if I say YouTuber, a lot of people tend to think, like, how is that a job? Yeah. How, it, it's not got that... Um, trying to think what the word is but people don't associate that with being able to make money mm. but just, people think it just it's all i think a lot of it t comes from america in the sense that it's all hi guys how are you doing today and all that yeah that sort of thing. it's really That's a terrible impersonation <laughs> but um um yeah like yeah so you have to be careful with saying youtuber i know what you mean i, I think a lot of people will see especially if they don't watch it that much or depending on what they watch on there, they'll have an idea that everybody that is on YouTube is trying to be Mr. Beast yeah. or doing silly yeah, gimmicks. But there's so much more to it. There's some incredible filmmakers and photographers on YouTube mm. that aren't out there in the mainstream because it's not what pops up being thrown into everyone. But there's some amazing stuff on YouTube. Mm. We'll come on to your YouTube uh, world in a little bit. Yes. To get a little bit deeper to know a bit more about you personally i've got a quick fire 10 question round are you ready yeah let's do it favorite beverage of choice uh coke full fat or diet or zero zero uh, actually i quite like zero i, I think it's got to be zero but it's got Today's to be really cold age. yes very very cold nice youtube long form or youtube shorts long form easy why I'm I'm yet to fully understand the short form world. I'm sure we'll probably we'll get onto that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're quite passionate about that. That's why I threw yeah. it in there. Uh, top three cricketers at the moment: Jimmy Anderson. I wonder why. Yeah, hero. Uh, Jimmy Anderson. That's a very good question. I'm not sure I can do that quick. 
Jimmy Anderson, Kane Williamson, Joe Root. Fair. They're solid. Yep. I'll go with that. Ideal weather to shoot landscape photography in? Slightly hazy. Early mornings. You like an early morning? I wouldn't say I like an early morning, ah. but that's when you get the best photos. Which is the next question, morning person or evening person? See, I'm an evening person. Oh. But you get, I, I think you get the better the better photos in the morning. Is that the light? Yeah. Interesting. Although, if you get a very good su- sunset, you can get some amazing stuff. Some some people do prefer to go out at sunset, but I, I, for me, I tend to get my better stuff in the morning, even though I'm an evening person, so which is very frustrating. You're suffering for the art there. <laughs> yeah. That's commitment. Uh, favorite time of year? Maybe p- I'm going to gear it towards shooting. Um, probably spring. Okay. Yeah. Is that light again? It's just when all the colors are starting to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can get on board with that. Sony or Lumix? Oh, it's a toughie. Mm. I'm going to say Lumix now. If I asked you that six months ago, I'd have said Sony. Two years ago? Sony. So this is a recent change. It's well, a very recent change. Well, we'll come on to that in a bit. Um, do you like to edit at home or on the go? So maybe in a coffee shop or. Um, usually at home, although I do quite like getting out just for a change of location and sitting in a coffee shop and editing. Um, yeah, usually at home. Do you ever get battery anxiety? Um, cameras, yes. Laptop, no. Okay. Two more. I, I'm, I'm struggling because I'm reading this in the wrong order because <laughs> of what you said. Uh, watch or listen to a podcast? Uh, usually I'd say listen. I tend to listen to podcasts while I'm driving. Mm. Yeah. Instead of watching them whilst you're yeah. driving, it's probably a good That's idea. That's not a good idea. No. Don't fancy getting pulled over for that. <laughs> it would be a bad way to go down. Um, day or night shoot? Day. Light again? Light, yeah. Again, there's some amazing night photographers and videographers out there. Mm. I, I, I've just... I, I can't really do it. It's a, I imagine it's a whole... Uh, it's a, completely different. Yeah. yeah. I have started to follow somebody yesterday on Twitter that all of their photography is uh, nighttime, but it's lit up by a drone. So it's these beautiful yes, places. Have you seen, seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's to do like paint circles and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one guy, I, I went to the photography show a few months ago uh, and listened to this talk. And this guy was struggling for inspiration a little bit. He is sort of, he does a little bit of street photography and some landscape photography. But um, he was struggling for inspiration. So he thought, I'm going to go out all night into the mountains and took his drone strapped a little light to it set his camera to shoot for like 10 minutes and uh flew this drone around this massive rock formation and it is just the most amazing photo i've ever seen i'll have to show me later yeah i'll try and find it um but it's just incredible like because it got him back into that mind frame of just wanting to be creative and shoot because he was struggling and didn't really know what to do. So just changing it up like that, is, he's got this amazing photo. I'm a big fan of seeing nature that's, I'm not going to say enhanced, but seen in a different way through the use of technology as well. Yeah. Like you're never going to be able to mount a light, you know, halfway up a, a rock cliff, but if you can do it through a drone. Yeah, it's, it's cool. amazing. It's honestly one of the most incredible photos I've ever seen. The patience he had to do it, just fly his drone around and to get, to light up 
this formation so it shows well on camera. Mm. Incredible. I imagine as quite a bad drone flyer myself, doing it at night time. Oh, yeah, that's the other the, thing as well. Like, yeah. have you, where do you start? <laughs> you can't practice that too often. Uh, no. And it could be quite an expensive mistake mm. if it does go wrong. Have you ever had any drone mistakes? <laughs> yeah. Have you? Yeah. Um, I was flying not too far from where we are now. There's a, do you know the canal? Just yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah. So I was out for a walk with my dad and uh, I thought, I'm just going to get my drone out and take a few shots. And I thought it would be a good idea to fly it under a bridge. Um, I Probably not the best idea. Okay. Because um, it kind of creates its own draft and gets sucked into it. And so I was flying under this bridge. It got caught in its draft, hit the top of the bridge. Oh. I had no control over it. Fell. And it got caught on literally the smallest branch I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> hanging over the canal. No, so it's teasing it was, it. It's there. It was, it was just stuck <laughs> over the canal. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't fly it. So I had to climb down and reach over. Yeah. But uh, did you get it back? I got it back, yeah. Wow. I don't know how. It was literally one branch away from falling into the canal. I've seen but. DJI have... Was it a D, DJ, DJI? Mm, yeah. Uh, I've seen they've got this thing on some of them, which is, is it turtle mode? Is it, it might, yeah. I, where it's, is, I think is that's it called on, the, on the FPV drones. I just dropped my chair down there. It's all right. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> do yeah. what we need to do. <laughs> um, yeah. I think on the FPV drones, you can flip it back over. Yeah. Yeah. If only. Yeah. Um, I've lost a drone in my time. Oh, yeah. I had the original Mavic Air. And I took it, I was on tour in Switzerland. Sounds very fancy. It was beautiful. And I thought after driving in a minibus from Manchester to Switzerland, which took uh, 17 hours, I wasn't driving. uh, But I thought in that tired state, what would be a really good idea? But as soon as we pull up, get my drone out, fly it over this beautiful uh, lake. It was actually, we were rehearsing, I've jumped ahead, sorry. We arrived, we went straight to a rehearsal, and we were rehearsing outside this person's house, and it was really stunning, this house. Later on, I found out it belonged to, I'm not sure I should say this on the podcast. (laughs) It, It belonged to the butler of somebody that we all know. Okay. For the, for very bad reasons. Not the butler, sorry, the... The butler of someone I know. You'll know this person. You'll have studied them in history. Okay. And, um... Oh, so not know personally? Oh, no, you won't know. I hope you don't. (laughs) Uh, I want to know who it is. I'll tell you after. Okay. It was it was bad. Anyway, that's that's the side. Uh, We rehearsed, and it was beautiful. So I thought, I'll get my drone out. And the first thing I didn't I can't remember what you call it like GPS locate this is where home is because you know why would I do that and then I flew it straight up and out and I realized that as soon as you go over water this is my first experience over water yeah it does take on a life of its own yeah so I went okay 30 seconds later bring it straight back and it flew straight past my head hit a wall fell down and my heart was pounding and then I not only broke the drone but you nearly Top your head off as well. Yeah, so <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> but then I thought, well, it's not broken. Okay, we're all good. A little scuffed. I'll do it again, of course. 
so I took it out and they've got about a 32 hour uh, the minute battery 32 that would be good that well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for about four minutes it went away and then I realized that I couldn't see it and yeah. nobody could see it and I spent the next let's say 15 minutes trying to return it and it never returned and my friend Will who had driven the minibus uh, took a little boat out with me, dived into the lake to try and find it because it's got that last located yeah, thing yeah. on it. And then when we returned back, there was people waving their arms around saying, you really can't swim in there. There's eels. So all in all, lost a drone, nearly chopped my head off, and my friend Will nearly got eaten by an eel. <laughs> there you go. And you've never seen any of the footage? No. <laughs> no. It would have been the best footage oh, I've would. ever done as well. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. moving on. You have been, and are about to be again, a podcast host yourself. Uh, yeah, I guess. A co-host. A co-host, yeah. Can you tell us about the podcast All About the Doubt that you started with your dad in lockdown? Yeah. So, we it probably a month or two into lockdown, we were starting to get pretty um, cabin fever, to say, put it politely pretty stir crazy me and my dad uh when we were allowed to went out for our daily walk and uh, we were both beforehand toying with the idea of starting our own podcasts i wanted to do something to do with creativity and youtube and things like that because that was what i was interested in still i'm interested in uh, and my dad was working in mental health and still is working in mental health uh so we were going to start our own podcast based around those two things um, and we went for this walk. Neither of us knew what we were doing podcast-wise. We'd never done it before. So we thought, while we were out for this walk, why don't we just start one together and try and combine those two things a little bit? Uh, so we did. Um, and it started off with us trying to piece together little different bits of gear that we had to try and come up with some sort of podcast setup. Um, didn't work. Um, and then my dad one day bought this new podcast set up with a couple of mics and a roadcaster and, um, yeah, it just went on from there really. And I think we recorded about two series, probably about 20, 25 episodes. Yeah. It was a lot of fun and it just kept us going through lockdown really. It, it also kept a lot of other people going during lockdown. I know, uh, at the time I was living down in Hitchin. And we're doing daily walks or um, drives to do the one shop a week or whatever. And it was really nice to consume content from people that I knew. Um, It was relatable, but also it wasn't just all about COVID at the time, which if you turn on the TV or... You couldn't get away from it. No. I think that's one of the things we wanted to try and avoid as much as we could. Mm. Because my dad working in mental health, he wanted to relate it to that. And at the same time, people were starting to, I don't know, struggle, I guess, mm. with everything that was going on. So we wanted it to feel like a bit of a breath of fresh air. It really was. And it also wasn't just doom and gloom of everybody struggling. It was actually it's like the inverse, the opposite of it. Yeah. It was it was bringing, sharing stories, but then in, in a light way. And yeah. and all of your guests had lots of different stories and different things that they struggled with. A lot of very funny ones as well. (laughs) But that's the thing. We wanted to try and take something that was quite heavy at the time and miserable 
and just try and make light of it and just create a bit of joy. I think you did a, a really good job of that. Would right. would it ever return your podcast or is that a, a We we do talk about it quite a lot bringing it back. It's it's just trying to find the right time to do it because we're both busy with other things and yeah, life's gone back to what it was before covid now, so it's a bit crazy. Um yeah, I'd like to think it will come back at some point. Talking of other things, you've also mentioned this morning that you are starting a, a new podcast. Yeah, so this one's through work. Um, so I work for a little media company called Northern Powerhouse Media, which is a little photography and video company, really, um, in Cheshire. Um, and we're starting our own podcast based around creativity and just embracing the fact that whether you're a creative person or not, creativity affects all of us. Because whether you just consume music or photo or video or you're just watching TV, creativity is literally everywhere around you, no matter where you look. I'm so just embracing it, really. It's a really good outlook because uh, so often people hear words like, a little catchwords like creativity or health or... I can't think of another example. And they associate something and they go, oh, that's not me. I, I don't I don't yeah. do that. But I, you're right. It, imbr- it touches everybody, yeah. whether it's uh, you know Christmas and you're celebrating or there's music, either pop music or there's uh, you know more church-based music, religious music. There's stuff for everything. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. It touches everybody in a different way. Yeah, because I think people hear the word creative or creativity and just go, oh, that's not me. Mm it has affected you in some way no totally yeah someone invented the wheel you use a wheel every day yeah so yeah some more successfully than others (laughs) in the ice this morning um will that be out on youtube it will be out on youtube yeah we're currently figuring out the best way to film it but um yeah Yeah. (laughs) me too me too (laughs) um youtube uh spotify apple podcasts apple music whichever one it is i don't i don't know whichever one we'll find uh, out soon but, um yeah that's coming out very soon excellent so talking to youtube i uh have watched your youtube content for the best part of four years oh, thank you and as i said at the start and i'm gonna get this number jarred in again eight hundred and twenty-eight thousand nine hundred and eighty-eight views you're on your way to a million views and you've been doing it for just over four years yeah just over four years probably taking it a bit more seriously for the last 18 months or so okay what was your first urge to pick up a camera (laughs) so i could i could not tell you why i started that youtube channel oh really well that at the time i was doing a lot of music i was at uni doing songwriting um and so I was trying to make little bits of content just about music, really. And I th- randomly thought, I'll just start a YouTube channel. And I I don't know why, because I'd never spoken to a camera or anything. It was the most awkward thing I've ever done. <laughs> but I did it, and now I'm still doing it, and now I love it. And I'm, I can't get enough of just making videos. One thing you've managed to create, um, I've seen your songwriting, your playing, your photography, your videography, your editing tutorials, which is still helping me today. Um, <laughs> you've got a really interesting platform where across these, let's just call it a million views, because maybe by the time it's out, it'll probably be a million. Across these million That's views, you, uh, you've got so many different avenues that you can go down, and it's um, 
it allows you to, or actually I should probably reframe this as a question. Do you feel it allows you to make content and make videos about your interests at the time? Or do you feel pressurized to go, okay, I need to be doing reviews of uh, Macs or gear or whatever? It's a very good question. I try to make the stuff I want to make as much as I possibly can. When you get into that YouTube world, you start to realize very quickly what works and what doesn't. Um, so obviously if there's a new camera that comes out, if you make a video about that camera, that's going to perform a lot better than if you're just making a video about whatever it is you're interested in. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to find that balance really. Um, and that's something I struggle with quite a lot is because obviously I don't want to be making videos that everyone else is making about the same camera. Mm -hmm. I want to be making different stuff that means something to me. Yeah. But if you want to grow on YouTube and turn it into something successful where you can be earning money from it, then you've got to be making that sort of stuff and making what works on YouTube for the algorithm, hmm. the dreaded A word. <laughs> um, so it's trying to find that balance, really. I think it's important to keep making the stuff that you're interested in as much as you possibly can. Would you say you've got a strategy where you look ahead and go, okay, across six months, I need to make X amount of videos that are not for me, but for the algorithm, and then mm. X amount of videos for me? Or do you feel it as more of a, you're walking the path and whatever feels right at the time, slash you might have an inkling, I should probably push this camera. Or I'd, I'd like to say that that was the case. That With I've the strategy. Stra yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't. I have a full list of ideas on my phone that's just full of ideas of videos, titles. But when it comes to actually making something, if I'm just looking through that list, I'll never feel inspired to make something from that list. I'll end up just making something that I feel like making at that time. I'm with you. So do those ideas pop up randomly when you're out and about? Yeah, so and I, then yeah, I, if I'm sat eating breakfast or something and an idea pops into my head i'll write that idea in my phone for a video and then i'll come back to it and i'll just go yeah i'm not feeling that today mm -hmm. and then i'll end up just making something random do you ever come back to those later on down the line or is it just to get it out of your head and that's ideas down on paper for potential yeah, I, I try to come back to it and occasionally i'll force myself to make that video that's been sat there waiting to be made for months mm. um yeah, I try to do that, but usually it's whatever I feel like making when I wake up that morning. Yeah. If I feel just the urge to make a, make something that's in my head, I'll, I'll end up making that. Um, and those that list will just keep growing and growing and growing. Forevermore. <laughs> yeah. Do you think YouTube will be around in 10 years? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. It's here to stay. I, I think it. I, there's a lot of social medias that I think will just come and go. Things like Instagram, I'm a little bit more, maybe won't be here. Probably not in the same way as it is now. Mm. But I think something like YouTube, I think that is one thing that is just constantly growing. Mm. And if, if I think there's something stupid like a thousand hours of video uploaded every minute to YouTube. That's so hard to comprehend. It just blows your mind. Yeah. It is the second biggest search engine after Google, and it's owned by Google. I definitely 
definitely use YouTube to search things more than I use Google. Yeah. All if the time. your sink's broken, you YouTube a video on how to how to fix your yeah. sink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the first place people go because people tend to watch a video instead of reading. Yeah. Um, it's Have you ever fixed a sink? No. No. Okay, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> um, I'd probably get someone else to come in and fix it. <laughs> yeah. I would Google a number of a yeah. person. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's backfired. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I do think YouTube will be a thing for a very long time. I agree because the the hard hitting social medias that have popped up like TikTok, for example, which I'm uh, I'm I'm unsure. I I enjoy keeping my finger on the pulse and seeing what's going on. Yeah, I don't like it, and I tell you why I really don't like it is I've just found out about the the power TikTok has over your um, key, is it called keystrokes? What you do elsewhere on your phone, like okay. um, so apparently. If you accept terms and conditions on TikTok, it literally has full access to everything. Like everything. Seriously. It was it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Shout out Joe Rogan. Um <laughs> and he was really strongly against it and explained it. I've just done a bad job explaining it. But Isn't it banned in some countries? Yeah. Yeah. So I've yeah. got a feeling that surely in the way it currently exists cannot yeah. cannot last. I, I downloaded TikTok. And deleted it straight away. You're a better person than I am. I just don't get it. Uh, I think that's from coming from my point of view of like making short films, I guess, on mm. YouTube. I just don't understand it. I don't want to be force fed stuff that I'm not interested in. Mm. And it's the same with Instagram now. I'm just being force fed sponsored videos from people I don't follow that I've got no interest in at all. I, I want to choose what I watch. There was a social media you've posted about recently. We did a video on, I watched. Uh, Vero. Vero. Yeah. I was going to call it Ven, Ven, uh, Venmo, but I think that's Venmo. a pay app in a, America. Else. I don't know. I hope it's that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could have said anything then. Oh, Who gosh. knows? We'll find out when the backlash comes. Um, <laughs> what is that? Vero. Yeah. It's... It's, it, to me, it's like what a social media should be. Okay. There's no algorithms. So whatever you follow is what you see. And once you've seen it, you've seen it. It won't keep suggesting things to you. It's, uh, it's not designed to keep you on that platform for as long as possible. Like Instagram is just a constant feed of hmm. nonsense. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. It's designed to do that because it keeps you scrolling. And the longer you stay on that platform they earn more money. Mm. So like, even though Instagram is free, the cost is your time. And, and it feels like a, an energy drain or a capacity drain. I know yeah. if I've been on it too long, I really try not to be, I try to be quite aware of it. I struggle on, on different tasks, particularly like editing yeah. or mixing or anything like that. If I've had too much screen time, more screens I really struggle to deal with. Yeah. Have it, you, yeah, it does. Go but going back to Vero, a lot of photographers use it because uh, Peter McKinnon, big photographer in Canada, he made a video about it and it just blew up for photographers. And it's just kind of refreshing because Instagram will compress all your photos. It doesn't suggest any photos to you. It's just force feeding you portrait videos now. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are a photographer and you want somewhere to share your work, Instagram doesn't really work anymore like it used to. 
Vero now, you can follow who you want to. It won't you won't see anything else. And it, as well, it shares high res photos, so you can uh, see all your photos in all their glory, and you can see landscape photos full size on your screen. It it just feels refreshing, and it's it's not got the same. You don't get any spam because there's none of that. But people are encouraging on there because you're following people that you're interested in and people are following you that are interested in your stuff as well. So it just it just feels kind of fresh. The compression thing is dead interesting and I can't remember who this was. I heard somebody talk about photo compression and audio compression. Um, and if you're not sure what compression is, essentially if you imagine you've got an audio file, I'll do it to this camera, audio file, it brings the really quiet stuff up and the really loud stuff down. Oh, there's a squeaky break outside. That's good. Uh, so you can hear, you can bring the whole level up. Um, how would you describe it for photos? Um, they just look dreadful. There you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's the <laughs> technical term. <laughs> now, we consume so much compressed stuff, whether it be audio or photo. <laughs> and this person was talking about how that is bleeding into our mindsets as well. If you take COVID, for example, people are worrying about all the surface level stuff and not putting energy and thought into these deeper, more meaningful thoughts. It's a bit like, you know, people want the quick fitness yeah. hack and they don't want to invest in slow, long term, proper progress. Yeah. And it just made so much sense because our radios are so heavily compressed. Spotify, massive compression, even with like a high fidelity mode or whatever it's called. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, that's then interesting that it doesn't have compression yeah. on. Um, going back to that as well, like Instagram and TikTok with short form, terrible portrait videos is just like completely taken away our attention spans. Mm. Because it, like you say, we just want things instantly. We want things fed to us constantly. Yeah. And yeah, that's not for me. It's a bad feedback loop to get into. It's time for a round that I haven't named yet, but I've stolen directly from Hot Ones, which is name that gram. Yeah. And what I've done is I've taken eight pictures or videos from either your social media or YouTube, which I suppose is social media. Good. Uh, Would you class it as a social media? I don't know, actually. It's a platform. It is a platform. I'm not sure I class it as a social media. It probably is included. I don't know, but, actually. But Yeah. Because you can you can social oh, I wouldn't say socialize you can comment and interact yeah. but maybe it's not social I'm not sure who knows I don't know who knows <laughs> I so that was a weird noise I'm definitely going to chop I, that I, <laughs> good um, if you could see what it is if you can remember what it is yep. and then tell us maybe where you shot it what it was to do with maybe if you want to go into gear. Let us know. Right. First one. Quite recent. Uh, my brand new Lumix S5. <laughs> oh, yeah. Break, it breaks my heart. Why does it break your heart? It's the day I broke it. Oh. My brand new camera. I'm so sorry. Did you break it up there? Literally two minutes after taking that photo. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've, I've, it's all right. I shouldn't have, I should have <laughs> considered this a bit more it's wisely. Still, um, still very raw. Oh, no. No, that was, when was it? Second of January this year? So pretty much New Year. First time going out with my um, new camera that I'd bought um, a few weeks beforehand. Uh, so I'd just switched to Lumix from Sony. 
and I was going to use it for photos for the first time because I didn't use it for video. And I thought I'll get up nice and early for sunrise. I'll go to Malkop, which mm. you're probably familiar with in Cheshire, little yeah, it's hill. Beautiful. Um, and I got the most amazing sunrise, which is in this photo is just slightly off to the right. And it was literally the most incredible sunrise I've ever seen in my life. The whole sky was just glowing orange. And yeah, I got that photo, which I genuinely really like. It's beautiful. Um, and a few others as well. But yeah, that was about two minutes before I broke it. It um, <laughs> slipped off my tripod and smashed the screen. May it rest in peace. Yeah. So it's currently in for repair. But I've bought another one at all. So <laughs> <laughs> that is arriving. You've got to fill the void. <laughs> that is arriving this afternoon. Oh, excellent. So I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, I've been cameraless for like three weeks now. Feels like I've lost a limb. Do you feel a bit free though? Do you feel less, slightly less pressure to make content? No. Or? No. Oh, <laughs> well, oh God. <laughs> no, oh I, God. I really don't like it. Um, it's been bizarre. Have you ever been that long without a camera uh, since you, know, not, you started? Not, not for the last few years, no. Wow. I think for the last few years, last three or four years, definitely the last two years, I've uploaded a YouTube video, if not one, then two a week for the last two years. That's really impressive, that consistency. So this kind of three-week period without a camera, even I've been able to borrow a couple from work and my girlfriend, but it's not quite the same. Mm. I just, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited for this afternoon. Well... I'm excited for you. Do you want to know a little fact about Mile Cup? Go on. So I thought it used to be this massive castle on the top of the hill. Yeah. Turns out, and somebody can fact check this, but I'm pretty sure, that it was actually built as a ruin. Was so it? Apparently. Apparently. Apparently sometimes I don't watch. I think it's been, you know, d degraded since then. No, that's not the right word. Eroded since then. But uh, yeah, apparently it was built as a ruin, as a... Um, a decoy kind of yeah that's 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 the word on the street up in Mount no Copland mm. I did not know that if that's false sorry <laughs> number two uh, this looks like Switzerland where in the world is this that is not Switzerland it is Macclesfield you could have um, fooled me you actually did fool me um, yeah again I really like that photo um, I don't know why there's just something about it but I, I, that was another early morning me and my girlfriend went out to try and catch a sunrise. Um, and it was one of those days where just nothing really worked. I wasn't very inspired. Um, I didn't get any shots that I was after. Um, that happens sometimes. Um, and you just kind of got to roll with it, as Noel Gallagher would say. Um, You're a big Noel fan. I am a Noel Gallagher fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, as we were walking down um, from Shutland's Low in Mac Forest... Um, I just snapped that photo and it's kind of just a reminder to me. And this is a good thing about photography is it just brings back memories and things like that. It's a bit of a reminder to me that sometimes you're not going to get what you want, but you can get other things as well. Mm. Um, just, yeah, I quite like that photo. It's just very simple, but I think it's about the light in it. Um, I love how you've got some really close up branches yeah. and you can see the full body of it and then you've just got the most expansive landscape behind it as well i like photos that remind you that you can actually be 
we're fairly small. Yeah. In, in yeah, the, it does give you a sense of perspective like that. I'd mm-hmm. not thought of that actually. Yeah. Uh, Gallagher, uh, fact for you. Yeah. I only discovered this fairly recently as well, which is cu- quite stupid. My local Tesco, there's always up the road people taking photos of this house that looks pretty normal to me. It doesn't yeah. look like anything fancy. So I stopped the other day and I just asked this lady why she was taking a photo. And it's the Gallagher. It's in Burnage. In Burnage. Yeah, it's Where just like my up? local no Tesco. Way. Yeah, I had no and idea. Um, so uh, I'll send you a picture later if yeah, you want. Yeah. <laughs> you can add it. Um, okay, first video. Right. I'm like 20 minutes from home. That was, going back to what we were talking about before, kind of YouTube and sort of making the videos that do well, but wanting to make your own stuff. Mm. So I tried to, um, trying to incorporate the two a little bit. I was feeling a little bit uninspired again. That's quite a common theme. Um, so I just bought this new camera bag, a Peter McKinnon camera bag. That I mentioned Peter McKinnon before. He's a Big photographer in Canada and on YouTube. Uh, if you're not a photographer that watches YouTube, you've probably heard of Peter McKinnon. Mm. Um, so I bought this bag and I thought I'll make a video about the bag because it'll probably do well on YouTube, but I don't want to do something just sat in my little bedroom studio. So I'll get out. Um, and I did. Um, and again, an amazing sunrise. So I took some photos. and You're really good at optimizing the space you've got fairly locally as well because that's only 25 minutes or something yeah cloud end and congleton i think mm. um yeah again that i try to but i don't know if you feel this if you're in the same area all the time it just becomes a little bit uninspiring definitely um, definitely and i feel that like throughout cheshire as well mm. like i think malcop and cloud end they're about the only hills we've got yeah, yeah, because uh, it's just so flat. Yeah, and I'm seeing all these. This is again talking about YouTube, the downside to social media and stuff. You see all these places, and you want to go and see them mm. and make videos where people are making these videos, like mm. in the mountains and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just try and make the most of what we've got, even if it is quite difficult. And I think pulling back on the the comment you said before that you often feel a bit of un, like you feel uninspired i think you're also good at then flipping that round and actually making something of it where you've kind of done a double whammy here you feel mm. fulfilled you've done a product shout out which is a great looking product by the way is it a good bag best bag i've ever used like, I'm, I, I, I have i have an obsession with camera bags but yeah that is you don't want to see mine then. <laughs> <laughs> so just different compartments i, I love it just <laughs> ocd about it keeping everything prim and proper in my bag. I don't, I don't blame yeah. you. It looks great. And that's just from a video. This one, yeah. I think, is my favorite story behind 
well, what happened post this, after this was posted? Yeah. Um, as you know, I'm a massive cricket fan. We used to play a little bit of cricket together mm. growing up. Um, cricket is a huge part of my life, always has been. Um, it's kind of my first first love, I guess, cricket. Um, but this, not this year, last year, 2022, the start of the year, um, I went just to watch a county game at Old Trafford, Lancashire against someone or other, I can't remember it was. But Jimmy Anderson happened to be playing. And Jimmy Anderson, as we know, if you follow cricket, is like God. <laughs> God level. And he's been around for a long 20 time. 20 years he's been playing That's for England. Madness. England for 20 years. It's just insane. The man is a legend. Um, how... How he keeps going. Oh, it's just phenomenal. And he's had some cool hairstyles. Yes. I, as the first time I ever dyed my hair, I didn't do it, the hairdresser did. I wanted it to look like Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson. And then it didn't. And then I think my mum was panicking, thinking, oh God, Jimmy's really upset about his hair. And she found a picture of the, the original Anakin Skywalker and said, oh, you look a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it wasn't good. But yeah, w cool guy, uh, amazing cricketer. Just a hero of mine. and Great like, shot. But yeah, I took that photo, stood up in the stands um, and stuck it on Instagram. Didn't think anything of it. Um, and I uh, woke up the next morning to a message from Jimmy Anderson. Which really? I was like, a bit of a double take. I was like, that, that was Jimmy Anderson. Did it have the like, tick and everything? Yeah. Whoa. I was like, that's the spam account, surely. Yeah. Um, and then I clicked on it. It was actually Jimmy Anderson. And he messaged me saying, good morning, Scott. Um, great photo. Do you mind if I used it on my Instagram? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Do what you want with it. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that was Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. Unbelievable. Congrats, man. That's... Uh, it, you know, it shows what great quality it is, but also making connections like that as well. That's uh, but really But the something. fact that he just had, like, the common courtesy to message and ask if he could use it. Like, a lot of photographers will stick work up and it'll just get taken away by whoever. They'll screenshot it or whoever. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the fact that he messaged and asked permission. I think for me... it. To be playing for England for 20 years is one thing, but you never see him in any trouble or anything. He's like the perfect role model for anyone. That's a very good point, yeah. He's never once been in trouble for anything, like in the public eye. I hope we're not jinxing it I, right now. Yeah. yeah. But he's just, uh, yeah. Top guy. A genuine hero of mine. Tell us about this. Where's this? It looks to me like um, LA or somewhere. It's definitely not LA. Oh. It's Brighton. Um, similar vibe <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Brighton Beach and this is one of those photos that I could see it in my head before I took it and it sounds ridiculous but it's so true because I sat there for about half an hour waiting for this shot oh wow um, it was just on the beachfront on the basketball courts in Brighton and there was just these they were all playing basketball there was about two games going on on the same court I don't know, you've been to Brighton. A couple of times, It's yeah. just, like, mad. Everyone is so friendly, uh, and it's such a creative place, and you can just do whatever you want, and people don't even think twice about it. So I was just sat there taking photos of these basketball players, and the sun was going down behind the, the um, whatever you call it, the hoop. 
basketball hoop. But uh, yep. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about basketball. Um, and he was creating this shadow in the foreground. I thought that looks pretty cool. And I was just messing around with different, different shutter speeds and apertures with my camera and all sorts. And I thought a silhouette photo might look quite cool. Mm. And yeah, I was sat there for about half an hour because I could see this photo in my head and I, it just took hundreds of photos to try and get it right. And then I landed on that one. Yeah, and I really like it. Did anybody ask you what you were doing? At the no. Time? That's, oh, that's what I love about Brighton because I, I could go and take street photos around where I live in Sambach and I'd just get stared at and asked what I was doing and mm. say, what are you... Yeah. And just be looked at weird. Yeah. But in places like Brighton... You just you can do whatever you want. You can be creative and however you want, and no one will batter an eyelid because I think everyone is just if they're not in that creative headspace, then that because it is a very creative place. Everyone is just doing their own thing. It's really important to find an environment that works for you yeah. in that context. Um, you might not be a photographer, but you might be. Uh, I don't know, a musician or you might be writing even just out in the open, but people can get oddly offended if it's yeah. not in line with how they see the world or, or yeah, whatever. It's really weird. Like I was making a video with work just this week, actually, hmm. and we were in Tarpoli and we were filming this house uh, and we shot a little bit in Tarpoli village okay, center. Yeah. Um, and I was just filming uh, the presenter walking down the street mm -hmm. and as I was f I was on one side of the road he was on the other as I was following with the camera this woman on his side of the road was walking towards him and then instantly started walking backwards because she saw I was filming and she's like what are you doing I don't want to be involved in this oh wow and then so someone else did the exact same thing on the same shoot yeah hmm. and it's yeah it's really weird how places just differ because like, I could do Something like that in Brighton, and people just be just minding their own business. But places like I think it tends to be smaller. I was about to say small yeah. town mentality. Small, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's bizarre. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Number six. Uh, I took a screenshot, <laughs> and it says if you if you're listening, does size matter? And then there's a little video. Don't let that put you off because size doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't say that. Can I say that? But don't let that put you off because size doesn't matter. <laughs> that was, uh, I was filming another video. Um, and it, I think it was just comparing two microphones. Uh, so it was a long form video ah. and I was just making myself giggle. So if you're listening um, at home, that was a short. Yeah. So what I did was moving into this world that we live in where short form portrait video is a thing unfortunately mm. for me um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i thought that's oh, a bit of an outtake snippet sort of thing i'll um i'll just stick it on as a short and i did um it did really well it, but, yeah. <laughs> it did quite well yeah. yeah going back to some landscape photography this mm. is a beautiful beautiful shot where in the world is this that is in snowdonia wow probably one of my well, snowdonia is one of my favorite places ever i love it uh, yeah, that's a drone shot. I can't remember what the exact place is called. Uh, it begins with double L. 
as most places most. in Wales do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that is a dam in Wales at the top of a mountain. Uh, and that road, that winding road leads right up to it. And I've um, stuck drone in the air, flew it up above the dam uh, and took that. I think I've probably over, well, in fact, I know I've over-processed it quite a lot. But um, yeah, it's, I quite like it. Do you, when you're flying your drone around, do you constantly capture video and then take frames out of that for photos or do you go up and take photos no i usually forget to take photos because oh, okay. I, I i'm always video first just mm. from um youtube i guess and making videos um so video is the first thing i think about and then i get the drone down i'm like oh, didn't take any photos should have probably taken some photos so would that have been from a video no that that one was a photo that's oh, that's okay. actually nine photos stuck together you're going to have to explain that one to me. <laughs> how? How? Uh, so there's the bottom third, the middle, and the top third. Because a, a drone takes landscape photos. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So to take a portrait photo on a drone, you've got to stack the photos. So um, is that you manually moving it? And manually moving the gimbal. So the drone oh, is yeah. staying where it is. The gimbal is moving up and down. Uh, so I took three photos for the sky, three for the road area, mm. and then three for the... Um, watery bit, and then you stitch um, together in post. Stitch together, and then stitch together the into a portrait photo as well. That's a lot going on behind the scenes. For yeah, what I see is just beautiful photo. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Wow. Yeah. Final one, keeping in with the Snowdonia feel. This is one of the most epic things I've ever seen from you. Way too long. Mountains, fresh air, epic scenery. What more could you want? It was an instant reminder of why I enjoyed doing what I do. Spending time with Holly, taking photos, exploring, getting lost. Most importantly, forgetting about the outside world which we have absolutely no control over. place to find a microphone <laughs> so the other day while I was feeling a very uninspired and a little bit flat I came across this quote and it says you can't wait for inspiration you have to go after it with a club I saw that quote and even though it might sound quite obvious it made me realize that I was actually waiting for inspiration to come to me but in fact that's the wrong way to go about it because it doesn't work like that. You have to actually go out for yourself, force yourself to be creative and find that inspiration for yourself. So that is pretty much why I've decided to drag me and Holly out at five o'clock in the morning to come here to Snowdonia. Because as I said, it's literally two hours away and it's one of my favourite places. I know Holly likes it. Beautiful. Thank you. That's, uh, that, for me, is where you bleed into more of the short film mm. rather than what I think of as a YouTube video yeah. or a vlog. It's, I know you don't love this word, but it's cinematic. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's also got some really important messages behind it as mm. well. Do you go out to these locations with a plan or is it you are, you go, you're inspired? What's your process? No, no plan at all. Um, uh, I get that is more along the lines of the sort of thing that I enjoy making the cinematic if that's that's the word people tend to use mm. I don't think it particularly means anything because it can mean one of a number of things um but uh yeah that sort of thing is what I enjoy making the most just getting out and making whatever happens just filming bits throughout the day just piecing something together um I love it. Uh, that to me has more meaning than sort of making a video about a camera and all the specs and stuff. Even though I do make that sort of thing, that's what I enjoy making the most. And that's what I was saying before. It's important to make those things, even though they might not perform as well. You've got to forget about that mm. because that's what makes creating stuff fresh. That's what makes it enjoyable. If you're making things that are just thinking about the algorithm and what people want to watch, you're just going to get burnt out and drained quickly and not want to make anything. It really shows your passion throughout all of those, particularly the long form, short filmed kind of um, videos you've got. You mentioned um, performing well. And the thing that I was going to ask before we get onto the the clips is to do with views view counts yeah uh and the and the stresses that can go along with that how do you approach the idea of view counts or likes or subscribers or all of those delightful things uh, it's so hard because obviously youtube is one area that i want to i want to i want to grow my youtube channel in it to be successful and when i say successful i don't mean to have millions of subscribers and all of that that people youtube famous i'm not interested in that i just want to be able to make the stuff that i enjoy making while still making the things that perform well as well and to be able to earn a bit of money from it because it's something i enjoy doing and if i can earn a bit of extra money from it why wouldn't i so I think being successful in th that way rather than YouTube famous, I have no interest in that at all. View counts is hard not to get caught up in because mm -hmm. you have the YouTube studio app on your phone. Every time you upload a video, you upload it through YouTube studio and you see it. And it can be disheartening when your channel is, it looks like it's losing views and things like that. Like mine at the moment, it did really well in December and then January has just completely dropped off. But then if you zoom out and look at the bigger picture, like to me, last year it looked like it wasn't a great year on YouTube because I was looking at it a week or two at a time. Ah. But if you zoom out and look at it 2021, 2022, it doubled in size. Oh, wow. But it felt to you like it wasn't a good year. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's hard not to get caught up in because you're looking at the there and now, but you've got to try and do your best just to ignore it and just keep making stuff because you enjoy it. And on top of that, the actual apps themselves, whether it be YouTube or any social medias, 
they are literally programmed to give you a little dopamine hit exactly, when you yeah. see a bigger number. Yeah. So to there's some people that I would say like to act like it doesn't affect them at all. And fair play if that is you. But I think, you know, these things have teams and teams of people working to actually make you feel something from that notification yeah. or that app. Uh, There's the a documentary account. about it, wasn't there? Um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. On Netflix or something like that. And it um, it was about the people that worked for Instagram. Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah. I can't remember what it's you, called. You put me onto it after we did the podcast in lockdown for All About the Doubt. I think yes. you mentioned it right at the end. And I can't remember what it's called. The, the social experiment? Oh. So, something like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was about... Those people that worked for Instagram and other social media in the early days of them starting up and how they were developing these softwares specifically to keep you on them mm. and how now they almost feel guilty for that. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a great watch if you haven't watched it at home. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not being very helpful telling you what it is <laughs> called. You just, have to, somewhere. <laughs> you just have to search through. <laughs> Um, keeping up with the idea of mental health balance, well-being. Um, one of the tricky things I find creatives talk about quite a lot is their balance between work, sort of paid bread and butter work yeah. and creativity or creative output. And you're in an interesting situation where your work also encompasses you being creative within um, some tight parameters of you need to uh, you know film like the interviewer walking down the street or you yeah. need to film the house or the event how do you balance not burning out completely with work so you've still got something left in the tank when you get home to film a, a youtube video um again i think you've just got to play it by ear and it's going to be different for everyone for me i i know i say i know my girlfriend would say differently um <laughs> I, I, I can feel when I need to not, when I need to put the camera down. Even though I, I, I always want to be making, I have this probably unhealthy just urge to want to make stuff. Or I find it difficult to sit still. Mm-hmm. I've tried to get better at it recently, but sitting still is something I find really hard. I'm always thinking about just making things. Um, but I've got better recently at knowing when I need to not do something. And I think you just got to try and listen to your body as much as you can. Like There will be times where you're tired and you know you need to make something, whether it is for work and you have to get it done. But other times you need to realize that you don't need to be doing something all the time, even though it can be difficult to realize that. Um. But yeah, it's to I I I'm in quite a lucky position where I am able to do something I enjoy for a job. Mm. So I, that's not a loss. Of my, I I genuinely appreciate the fact that every day I get to go to work and just take photos and make videos. It's not always the work you want to be doing, but at the end of the day, I'm using a camera every day. I'm editing videos every day. But yeah, you've got to try and realize that that is work. The other stuff that I want to do for my YouTube channel is completely separate. Um, but in, in the middle, you've got to try and draw a line of getting away from it for a while and do something completely different. 
but it can be tough sometimes. Absolutely. I'm sure you probably feel the exact same. But yeah, just, it's, it, it's a co- I think you've worded it perfectly. It's a constant fine tuning battle, battle <laughs> and, and balance where you've got to sometimes rein in your own obsession with yeah. creating or going down a rabbit hole of something very, very specific. And you've got to look after yourself ahead of maybe not always ahead of but at the same time as what the thing is that you're trying to create like sometimes if i'm writing to music and there there might be one second like even less than a second one sound and i'll go down the rabbit hole down the rabbit hole down the rabbit hole of trying to fine tune this thing or eq it or you know play around with a load of different plugins and then you zoom out and you realize how insignificant that, that thing is yeah. for the overall thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I could. Do you find it hard to switch off from being creative? And do do you find that you have, like you say, an obsession with creativity or whatever? Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's uh, it's the thing that when I feel bored with the thing that's in front of me maybe it's a a meeting yeah. about something that i I'm not that interested no in. interest in or i don't know even a train ride or something yeah the the thing i love about it is you're able to escape and feel like you're growing you know ideas for music or podcasts or yeah. whatever it might be away from the actual doing of it so i i love that element of it but it can be hard for other people to understand yeah. sometimes. And that's one reason why I'm doing the podcast is to be able to chat to like-minded people within a certain capacity. Like our, our fields might be different, but it's like the Venn diagram. Yeah. We overlap at some point and just to be able to feel a bit more normal about yeah. it and hopefully learn from each person. I've already learned even before we started the podcast, a load about cameras today that, Hopefully I'll remember. <laughs> I'm really bad at remembering <laughs> camera stuff. I'm so bad. Uh, but that brings me on to the next point, actually, which is I think throughout all of your content, YouTube videos, um, pictures, podcasts, talks, there's one. Is that camera dying? No. Oh, that's all right. I, I, saw the, just, I, saw, I thought I saw it the fear was. in your eye. I looked in the top corner and thought, no. <laughs> I'll no, zoom right into your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throughout all of your content, the thing that always drives me back to watch it is that it's to do with inspiration of some kind. You, over the years, without knowing, has given have given me a bunch of inspiration to keep on creating things when I'm not feeling it. I wouldn't have started this podcast if we hadn't have had chats in the past or taken part in yours uh, all about the doubt all back there all the way back then um and w- uh, one story that I'll pretty much wrap this up with um that you might not even remember remember that inspired me years ago was you did a vlog or talked about one of your open mic nights mm. that must have been five six years ago maybe right and you went up and i think you played one or two tunes and i remembered i think it must have been on the podcast you were talking about this and i remember thinking as a musician how scary that would be 
even though I'm more than comfortable to sit in an orchestra um, or at a festival playing the dots that are in front of me or the thing that we rehearsed, the idea of exposing yourself musically, not literally, <laughs> in a small uh, pub setting in a local environment scared me so much into thinking I need to better myself. I need to actually up my game because there's all very well going and playing your fancy saxophone notes, but actually just being you, like I'm under a guise when mm. I'm in an orchestra or a band, but you're you when you're there on your own with your guitar. Um, and I know that's not what you're focusing on right now, your music, but there's so many different things that you've put out that I thank you for because even just me, little old me, that's inspired me over the years to get off my bum and do things. So thank you for all of your... That means uh, a lot. Thank you very much. That's all right, mate. No, that, that genuinely does mean a lot. But going back to that like open mic thing, mm. I think that for me, like I always used the guitar and the microphone as a little bit of a kind of barrier between me and whoever's out there listening or probably if they're in a pub they're not listening they're not <laughs> sure. but um, like that to me, the guitar and the microphone was like almost like a bit of a comfort blanket i was hiding behind that and it's the same now with um making videos the cam when i've got hold of the camera i'm in like a happy place or whatever mm. just making stuff and i think that's what creativity at the end of the day is all about is just making stuff that you enjoy making and if if it does help to inspire others as well that's amazing but it's just about finding enjoyment in doing that thing and being creative the whole process of it or whether it is getting enjoyment out of the end product like when you step off stage at an open mic or whatever, how you feel after it, when you publish a video, yeah, wherever you get like the creative enjoyment from it, that's that's what it's all about. I think it's a, a beautiful place to end the podcast on. However, there's one extra thing. Okay. I've taken this directly from Stephen Bartlett in the Diary of a CEO. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> each guest that comes on, I'm getting them to write in one of my lovely dingbat notebooks, which is uh, next door. So I can't even show the camera, but okay. I'll talk about it in another video. Um, a question for a future guest. Right. And this one is nice and simple. Who do you most admire? Oh, that is a good question. It's mm. a very good question. I don't know if there is one specific person, like family, I guess, for encouraging to do the things that I want to do and not sort of force me down one route. Um, they've always kind of just allowed me to do whatever makes me happy. Like I could, I played cricket every single day of the week as a kid. Then I did music photography video whatever i was always open to do whatever i wanted i remember my mom saying one 
thing. Like, as long as it makes you happy, you could be a bin man for all I care. And so that's kind of inspiring, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if there is one specific person. That's kind of a terrible answer from me. No, I think it's perfect. And I think you talking about your family is such an important thing that so many people can look far, far away to the untouchables of... You could have gone straight to Peter McKinnon. You know, yeah. talked about him a few times. Or Jimmy Anderson. Or any any big person that you consume stuff from. But actually, remembering who's around you, who loves and cares for you, and who allowed you to have the pathway that you have mm. is so important. Yeah. Nice one, mate. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time no, today. thank you. I've really we'll enjoyed it. We'll have you back on again in the future and see what you're up to I'd love to uh, but until the next time thank you very much Are you ready for an outro go on if you're still listening <laughs> thank you <laughs> if you're still listening thank you so so much please take a second to like share subscribe just get in touch because the more I get back from you the more I can tweak it to know exactly what it is that you actually want out there so please do take a second Wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, create with people, connect with people, and be exactly you. Until the next time, peace. Nice. Amazing. Sick. Thank you, mate. That was a lot of fun. I hope that was okay. That was absolutely bang on.